Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Martina Abrahams, and this is You Had Me at Black. Today's story comes from Greg. Greg knew that he wanted to be a motivational speaker at a young age. But when he was finally offered the speaking opportunity of a lifetime, he had a tough decision to make that would stick with him forever. Here's what happened. I want you to breathe all this in. This is You Had Me at Black, the podcast where black millennials tell true life stories. So it starts out like I'm at the NAACP Freedom Fund Dinner. I'm 16 years old, fresh slacks on, you know, precise dimple in my tie. And I'm just feeling like, yo, like I'm about that life, right? Like even though I'm just one of the many other ushers for this evening, right? So I'm just there as an usher, volunteering. I'm VP of the NAACP Youth Council in Cincinnati. And so, like, the highlight of this event every year is always a speaker. So tonight, the speaker is Patricia Russell McLeod. And, like, I don't know anything about Miss McLeod, but I'm, like, all about entertainment. I'm just like, she should be good, so I'm all eyes and ears and everything. So she gets up on stage, and she's just, like, super, like, powerful presence like she's into her story she's all about it and I can look at her and see something that I hadn't been able to see you know growing up in Cincinnati I didn't see that many powerful black women in positions that could lead people and that could just like change the way an entire crowd felt and she was doing that right in front of my face and it just gave me such a a, a nice feeling because it was just like I saw both my mom and like the president all in one person right it was just like I love this, and and I wanted to embody it, and she's a lawyer-turned-motivational speaker, and so in her story, she uses letters to find characteristics that every overachiever needs to have, so she's just like, A is for attitude, D is for dedication, and, and like, I'm just taken aback, like, oh my gosh, like, this is inspiring, this is powerful, and so she's doing that, and all of a sudden, I just, like, see a bit of myself in her. You know, I just see that she has something that everyone wants or that everyone actually needs and it's captivating. And so as I'm watching her, my heart starts to beat a little faster and I'm just like, yo, this is something different. I don't know if I've ever felt this way before. And so as she gets through her speech, I start to sweat and like my, my palms get a little sweaty and I'm just like, yo, I need to shake her hand. Like I need to know her. I need to talk to her because obviously like this is a part of my passion this is something I need to discuss so she gets off the stage and starts going through the crowd back to the table to sell books and shake hands and I walk back there to her I get in line and like kind of thinking about okay what should I say like should I tell her I'm a writer or no 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 tell her I'm a motivational speaker and and so I get to this point where I'm just like okay I'm an aspiring motivational speaker I really want to be like you and so can you just give me some tips and just like talk to me about what I should do so it's my turn. I'm next in line. And I see her and I'm like, hey, Miss Patricia Russell McLeod, like, I'm so excited to be here today. And I just want to know if you can give me any tips about being a motivational speaker because that's what I want to do. And I'll definitely take one of your books. And she's just like, okay, Greg, um, well, like, nice to meet you. And she grabs the book and gives it to me. And she's just like, never give up on your dreams. You have to work really, really hard and just never give up. I'm like, okay, you know, like that, that's good. Like, I, I believe that. So fast forward eight years. I'm here in the Bay Area. Got this job working in tech. 
And now I am still, you know, motivated, still inspired, a lot more on my plate, but definitely still want to inspire youth around the world, right? Like that's my dream, that's my goal. And so one day I'm at work and someone randomly in this meeting is just like, yeah, I know Erica from Manifest Your Destiny. So Manifest Your Destiny is this nonprofit organization started by the actor Hill Harper. And basically it's just like doing a lot of positive work in the community. So I'm just like, oh, like she's definitely the type of person I need to connect with. She has the platform. She has the national stage. And so I'm just like, okay, she's it. So I go home, waste no time. And I send her an email and it's crazy because... Uh, just like a few years earlier when I was still in college, I wrote this poem that was inspired by Letters to a Young Brother. And so that's a book that Hill Harper wrote, like targeting young men, right? And so I was just like, okay, I'm definitely going to put this in the email. So I made sure that I included it. So I did that. And then about two weeks go by, I don't hear anything. And all of a sudden, like my inbox um, it's up and it's Erica. And she's just like, Greg, would love to have you at our Summer Youth Empowerment program this summer in D.C. at Howard. And immediately, I'm just like, this is my chance. Hill Harper is going to be there. Like, there have to be other celebrity endorsements that have to be there. And so, knowing me, I'm just like, I need to know all the details. I hit Google, look up the program. The sessions are usually hosted by celebrities, and the celebrities come and give the students different skills, right? So it may be a session on how to perform as an actor. It may be a session on the music business, and then another session on just professional development. And so I'm just like... I don't know who could be there. Like, it could be Hill. It could be maybe other cast members from his TV shows, like CSI Miami. You know, like, you just don't know who could be there. And so, in my mind, I was just like, this honestly take me to the level that I need to get to. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Like, this is unreal. Like, I wrote this poem, and, like, if Hill would be there and see me, and, like, I speak this poem to him, and, you know, you just don't know where the opportunities could go. And so I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is dope. I go back and forth with Erica, like, yo, what do I need to do? And she's just like, yeah, just put together a presentation. You can even give me the topic. So I'm just like, okay, I have this topic in my back pocket about fueling your dreams. Like, I would love to give that to the guy. She's like, cool, like, you can do it. And so I'm like, okay, nice. And then, like, before I know it, I'm on a plane headed to Howard University to speak to around 20 to 30 black youth, specifically young black boys, about fueling their dreams. And so just bringing it all full circle is crazy because I was just like, how am I in this opportunity right now? I'm literally on the plane going to speak to these young black boys, and I just a couple years back wrote this poem to young black boys. So it's really neat. So I get there. Hop off the plane, hit up my boy Christian. He's just like, yeah, Greg, you can definitely stay at my place. So he lives in Adams Morgan. I get there, and it's the night before, right? And it's the night before. I'm a little nervous because I don't really know what to expect. I'm just thinking to myself, like, how energized should I be? How real do I need to be? Like, I don't know these guys. I'm pretty sure they're from all over the country. I don't know how to make sure I connect with them. But I'm focused. And I get to Howard, and I walk into Lock Hall. And immediately I see Erica and I see her team and I'm a little nervous. So I'm sitting down and they give me the rundown for the day. Okay, there'll be several speakers. You'll be one of them. There's also like this other speaker who's giving this presentation on entrepreneurship. So just fueling the guys up with information about business plans and stuff like that. And later in the day, Hill will be here. We're not sure exactly when. Uh, but then she was just like, and if you want, you know, you can head over in the room and start listening to the other speakers who are actually giving their presentations right now. So I'm like, okay. 
I'm about to see my future audience. I walk into the room, I look around, and I'm like, yo, am I in the right place? There were like 10 young guys seated towards the front of the room, a lot of empty chairs in the back. A couple of random volunteers here and there in the room, but definitely like not the 20 or 30 I imagined, not like celebrities maybe standing in the corner and, and just like not what I envisioned, right? And so I'm just like, hmm. Okay. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, I still haven't seen Hill, right? Like he's not here yet. Things are bound to take off. So I'm sitting there, I'm listening to the other presenter give her speech and like, I'm super critical, right? I'm just like, yo, is she using enough eye contact? Is she having the right hand gestures? Like, is she pacing the stage enough? Just super critical. As I'm looking at her and then looking back at the students, they don't seem to be as critical as I am. It's like they don't really care. They're like connected with her in some like odd way and I don't really understand it. So I'm just like, okay, whatever. Like my time is coming, I'm getting a little nervous and pretty soon, you know, it's time for me to help them feel their dreams. So I get up on stage, break the ice with the, you know, <laughs> cliche question, how's everybody doing? And then jump into my speech, you know, give some background and I noticed that I, too, like, don't have to get very specific with my movements and my hand gestures. And I, d I didn't really have to turn it on, right, for them to be listening to me and to be involved. And so I was just like, okay, something is kind of different here. And these guys, like, are really listening. Um, so I go through the rest of my speech. They stay attentive the entire time. Then I hand it back over to Erica because it's time for the boys to go into their next session. And so she comes in and she's just like, hey guys, Hill is actually gonna be arriving soon. Like, come on out. And they all get up to leave and I'm just acting like <laughs> I wanna stay behind. Like, I don't wanna run after them. And I stay behind, you know, ask some people in the room how I did. And they're just like, yeah, you did pretty good. Like, it was nice. And so I see the guys out there and I hear, you know, some, some of them taking pictures and things like that. And pretty soon there's like this huge rush and I'm just thinking to myself like, okay, Hill must be here. So I go out and Hill Harper's there. And so I run up to Hill and to my surprise, there's this other volunteer who seems like just as hungry as I am. And she's maybe in her mid twenties, early thirties. Like she goes on for a while and I, find like a brief moment where I can jump in and I'm just like hey um, Mr. Harper you know like I'm Greg Hammonds you know I work in tech I'm super excited to be here want to help you take Manifest Destiny to a whole nother level like tell me what I can do happy to get involved and like he's just looking at his phone and like really calm you know celebrities are and so he's just like well I can connect you with some people back in California and maybe you can mentor them and stuff like that and by the way if you and like the other volunteer would like to come and check me out tonight and see my speech you can do that so I was just like okay like that that would be dope right like this is another opportunity for me to like kick it with you this is a test for me to see like yo if he can make it to this event in an hour then that means he really wants to speak to me and I'll have more opportunity for him. So I'm just like, okay, I get the game. I know what's up. So afterwards, like me and this other volunteer immediately click. We're like, yo, we're best buddies. Like we both got invited to chill with Hill. We need to hang out. <laughs> so we're, we're talking about how we can get there, logistics and everything. She was just like, yeah, I can drive us if we need to go. And I was just like, wait, but what if, you know, we can't find parking? She was just like, oh, we can take an Uber or Lyft. I'm like, oh, cool. And then she was just like, 
but did you volunteer to be one of the judges for the students' presentations at the end? And I'm like, oh, snaps, like, I did. And she was just like, me too, and I actually volunteered to facilitate the session. And then she was just like, I definitely don't think I'm going to be able to go. So on the back of my mind, I'm just like, well, if you can't go and somehow I can, maybe that's not that bad of a thing. So we started, you know, walking back into the building. I'm starting to think about, okay, what can I do? What can I say? Do I need to say, like, I need to leave early? Can I just say, like, I can't judge at all? And we enter Lock Hall again. And the boys are off to the side, you know, prepping their presentations and just really getting excited about what's to come with the judging. And I, I see some of the guys in, in there like smiling and just like really getting into the fact that they're about to present, you know, their startups. And at this point, I just take a moment and just like think to myself, why am I truly here? Like, what is it about me flying nearly six hours to be here to motivate them that's at the core of why I came? Like, is it for me? Is it for my career? Is it for forever phase? Like, why, Greg? And, you know, seeing them and really thinking about it just brought me into reality. Like, this is for them. This is for, you know, that young black boy from Ohio who had this huge dream to go out and to be an entertainer and that somehow, you know, like, I'm able to be here living that dream. So who am I to hold that story back from them? Who am I to hold back the motivation and the inspiration of being where I am and, and to support them? I'm just like, you know, I have to stay. And so I decided to stay and I got to see the guys get into their presentations. While I'm sitting there, I'm just thinking like, man, like I wonder what they're thinking. You know, like they know my story. I gave them the rundown of who I am. And I know a lot of them want to be places like where I am. So just to have me sitting in front of them and being attentive and I'm peppering them with questions, right? Like, why do you have this marketing plan? Why is your business plan like this? They're responding. I'm impressed. I'm shooting out other questions to like change their way of thinking. So it's great. Just a really good time. And at the end, they get together and leave out the room. The judges come together. We all vote on the winner. And then uh, Erica, you know, gives us thanks and like, I'm packing up, it's time to go. And I'm thinking to myself like, okay, you know, this was, this was good. It wasn't maybe what I expected it for it to be, but it was cool. And then at that moment, like I hear a voice and it's just like, hey, hey, Mr. Hammonds, my name is Calvin. I just want you to know that you really inspired me and I look up to you and I just want to know if you'd be willing to be my mentor. And so I turn around and at that moment, I feel exactly how I felt the night at the Freedom Fund dinner. And, and that my heartbeat just kind of picked up. And I'm just like, yo, this is crazy right now. Like, I turned around and look at the young boy. And I'm just like, yo, Calvin, I'd absolutely love to be your mentor. Absolutely no question about it. And at this point, I'm just like, that validated everything. My whole purpose for starting Forever Phase, my whole reason for flying six hours, because it connected the dots completely. You know, me writing that poem and doing that spoken word piece for Hill and hoping that he would somehow see it, like he 
inspired me. And I, I'm just thinking like maybe at one point in his life, he had the same feeling of, I wanna go out and empower people, right? I didn't know that me coming to DC and giving this speech would impact this young kid named Calvin like that. And so it just really clarified everything. And I know for sure, like without a doubt, a young brother is walking in his forever phase. Like no matter if I have the crowd, the audience, the fame, like I'm out here making a difference. I'm gonna mentor some people. I'm gonna change some lives. Thanks for listening to You Had Me at Black. Be sure to check out this episode's description for musical credits. And if you like what you just heard, head to youhadmeatblack.com slash b-side to subscribe to our newsletter and unlock access to exclusive videos, behind-the-scenes interviews, and specially curated music. That's youhadmeatblack.com slash b-side. Peace.